0: welcome this is the change creator Podcast. hey what's going on everybody welcome back to the change creator podcast show this is your host adam force um excited here we've got some great weather going on in miami now that we're reaching the winter months this is my favorite time of year out here Um, So last week, guys, if you missed the last episode, it was with Michael O'Brien. He's an entrepreneur, business professional, author. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. He has a very powerful story. And his story is it was a traumatic moment in his life that kind of shifted his whole life trajectory. And he's on this mission to help all these people around the world have their last bad day. And that's the title of the episode, How to Have Your Last Bad Day. So it's an inspirational conversation. I think you'll find his story very powerful. So check that out when you get a chance. And this week, we're gonna be talking to Angela Henderson. She is the founder of a very successful e-commerce store, Finley and Me. Um, And she really has a lot of experience in the space. And since then, she's converted to start helping others with a consulting program. And she does these really cool retreats and she has a lot going on and a lot of experience. So I think um, you guys will find a lot of value from the conversation uh, with Angela. So I'm excited to dive into to her world of knowledge in those things. you know. And I think you're going to get some really good ideas around the e-commerce stuff and, and everything else. So so hang in there. We're going to get started in just a minute. A big announcement for um, the October 1st timeframe. This is the the deadline we have here to, to open the doors. The doors are planning to be open for the Captivate Method on October 1st first. All right. So keep your eyes out. If you're not following us on Facebook, that's the best place to be. This is where we really put a lot of our content and attention. So you go to our Facebook page and then you can get involved. If you have a business idea, you have a business and you're trying to really take it, um, your marketing to, you know, the next, I I hate saying the next level, but that's kind of like what we're talking about here. Um, you really want to enhance your marketing, like leaning into modern solutions, really building relationships with your audience. You get involved with our, uh, our facebook group there's just a couple questions you ask there and we'll uh, give you access we got to make sure it's the right fit for you right um so yeah you can find that link right on the facebook page so follow the page and then you can go to the group and that's a great way to get more involved with what we're doing um and you'll learn more about the the captivate method and stuff like that so powerful stuff there we're very very excited because we made lots of cool changes um, and updates based on our beta runs and everything since 2018 this is version 3.0 and uh, we really made a lot of enhancements there. So it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, guys, we're going to dive into this conversation and with Angela and see what she has to say uh, from her experience as an entrepreneur um, in the e-commerce world and consulting okay, world. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Angela, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How's everything going today? Everything's awesome. How are you going, Adam? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Bright and early here in uh, in Miami. Well, it's uh, later at night over in Australia, right? Yeah, that's correct. It's almost 10 o'clock at night here in Brisbane, Australia. So a slight time difference.
1: But yeah, that's what you know we get into entrepreneurship for is to have these awesome juicy conversations that
0: they just happen whenever they naturally need to happen. That's it. The global community. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd be curious to just to hear I like to always tee things up and understand, you know, what's going on in your world these days, the latest, the greatest, what are you focused on? Like, what what's happening?
1: Yeah, I know. i love to share that with you. So, I've actually just come back from a seven day business mastermind over in the Meldives with my own business mentor, James Shremko. So, I'm still kind of recovering from that jet lag and just that level of enthusiasm being around really cool, like minded people. And obviously, being on the yacht in the middle of Mel learning from some of the best was super exciting. Um, what else is happening in my world? I'm also running my uh, sold out four day, three night women in business retreat here in Australia at the end of October. So that's super exciting. And uh, today I worked with the state government here in Queensland, Australia, wow. as one of their uh, female business mentors. So it was really great being able to give back to the community and help aid other business to really get clear on that clarity and strategy they need to, to move forward to gain those sustainable and
0: profitable businesses. So that's a little bit of what's happening over here in the in the land of Australia. Cool. So um, what led you to the consulting world? Like, where did that come from? Like, I know you mentioned you, you had a lot of work you did prior to getting into a consulting game. So what was the uh, connection there?
1: Yes, so uh, when my son Finley was born about a year into it, I just kind of started to see like all of these plastic toys, battery operated, high technology, which again, we use technology every day such as yourself, but the little kids, I was like, there's got to be something better, something brighter out there that can allow kids to work on fine motor skills, spark their imagination, their creativity, and just create those long, uh, long lasting childhood memories that we had back when we were growing up in the farms or doing whatever we used to do back out, you know, connecting with nature. So I started my first business, which is called Finley and Me, uh, an e-commerce platform. At one stage, we had about 1,400 different products. And our core focus, again, there was an educational component and focusing really on creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. So the e-commerce business was great, and through that, we also had a secondary monetary stream of income that came in, which was through being an influencer and blogging over here in Australia. I became one of their leading parenting bloggers, working with companies such as Netflix as one of their top 30 influencers here in Australia and New Zealand. I work with big brands like Pino Cruises, Club Med, uh, you know, our um, supermarkets similar to like your Wal- uh, Walmart or Albertsons over in the United States. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's what led into the consulting side of things. It's seven years of being in that and people wanted to pick my brain and from that I just thought, well, uh, if I start charging people to pick my brain,
0: I can have a secondary business and that's how the consulting came about. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. and. I'd be curious to know um, wh- what did you run your e-commerce business on? Were you using any platforms like the Shopify world or big Commerce or anything like that? or were you just doing it custom?
1: Yeah, So we had a custom built site, but we obviously then connected that with WooCommerce. So on WordPress with WooCommerce, but the build was completely custom so that we really focused on that conversional website. There's a lot of people out there that have websites and think that they tick the box. But one of the things that they're lacking is the elements of conversion. Is you, know, you really only have six seconds from the time someone lands on your website to be able to tell them what you do, how you can solve their problem, and how they can buy your product. So it was really important to me starting off that e-commerce platform that we had a conversional website ready to rock and roll uh, so that we could have the greatest chance of being successful and being profitable.
0: Yeah, and, and one more question, just in the e-commerce uh, stream, just because I know there's a lot of people in our audience that are, are working e-commerce businesses, and um, you know, I'm curious wh- what you found to be successful for your space. I know every category is different for getting um, you know people to understand who you are and and become comfortable with buying your products. Was there any kind of strategy behind that? Was it just you know smart landing pages? I'm curious what you think helped with your conversions and sales
1: for me i believe that uh, conversations equal conversions. so i was really big about making sure that i got out in the local markets i also did uh a, there's a big pregnancy and baby expo here in australia where they go to all the major capital cities i also ran that for the first three years of my business being able to get my products into as many people's hands as i could so that the more they talked about it with other moms and moms groups or their family members etc they were kind of like my mini uh marketing agents you could say for me so that was was one tactic that I used was really big about again those conversations equal conversions um, and another really big thing that worked for us was not just talking about the toys all the time and those benefits I really got to know my ideal client which was typically you know a mom who had two young kids under the age of five who had disposable income was really big about education and, but the mom was the one that was buying for their child so what I did is I started writing blog articles that were relevant to moms so that they started to build with the trust and authority and credibility with me and once I had that trust talking about either postnatal depression or anxiety or say you know breastfeeding versus bottle feeding whatever it was that were topics that were relevant to the mom, the buyer we started to see our community grow fairly quickly so we sat when we closed Finley and me at about 70,000 Facebook fans in our community we had about 20,000 people on Instagram and over 50,000 people on our newsletter database and that was because I didn't just focus on selling them the product that I focused on creating that community element and really uh, creating a space for moms to be heard and connected because in motherhood it can be quite lonely so yeah that was the angle I took
0: yeah, no, that, that's that's awesome. I like to hear um, that you did the articles to create a first touch point that built trust. I think that's super important. It's, it's a good point. Um, you know, and everybody's always looking to build their email database just to continue that conversation. Um, so in, in that e-commerce world, I'm curious, um, you know, what kind of tools were effective for you to build that? I think you said 50,000 person database um, is, you know, you see a lot of e-commerce things. They do like, you know, so give me your email and i'll give you a discount code or something was there other strategies that you implemented to get people onto your list so you can continue those conversations
1: yeah, one of our biggest things was again at the pregnancy and baby expo. They had the QR readers, and so what happened is I would team up with other businesses that were there. We would do a giveaway together, and then we would cross pollinate the email list with permission of those people entering. So as part of entry, we would say you've teamed up with these, say, ten businesses, and as part of that, you were agreeing to being on, you know, receiving emails mm-hmm. from us. Yeah. And we listed every single business. Um, so then what happens is not everyone would stop at my booth and not everyone would start those other booths. So we then were able to capture a much larger database of those ideal clients and we weren't competing against each other. So that was one way that we grew that list. The other way that I grew my list was through a uh, 3 day and 14 day challenges. So one of the challenges that I did was 30 days 30 weeks to connect with your child uh, because we know that parents are super busy, they're disconnected and they're really looking for things that they can do with their kids and still connect with them on a daily basis. So I created a action that they could do every day but within that um, 30-day challenge I also did a product of the day so it was a way for me to add value but at the same time use that uh, 30-day challenge as an advertising hub and then at the end of that 30-day challenge I gave them a 20% off discount coupon and that way that worked extremely well because they had 30 days of building that strong connection with me we opened a Facebook community so that we could continue that dialogue and then they were also getting emails every day in the interactions
0: So we saw a significant amount of growth through our challenges. And I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit. What was the the challenge? That sounds really cool. And I I think those challenges are actually really powerful tools for people when they're executed properly. The challenge here was to, what was it again, to connect with the mother and child? What was that?
1: Right. So what we found when we surveyed our audience was that parents are struggling to connect with their children because they're just so busy. And I kind of wanted to bust that scenario. And what I thought, what I said was, it's just an excuse. Everyone has 10 to 15 minutes a day to spend with their child at some stage. You could blow bubbles, you could read a book, you can draw them a bath, you can bake cookies. There's a million different things. And so what I did was every single day, I gave them a small activity that they could do that would take no more than 15 minutes every single day, the requirement was, you know, put your phones away, shut the TV off, go and do this with them, you know, be present and laugh with them. But then as part of that daily email that they got, they would get the, um, the connection piece that they would do. But then the second thing is I would just have product of the day and would introduce a brand new product from our product range so that they just started to get comfortable with what we were offering in addition to the 30-day challenge. Yeah. And then on the back of that challenge is when I
0: offered them the discount code in order to then increase our overall sales makes sense yeah I love that it's a good strategy I think that's that should give a, a little couple aha moments for people uh, listening <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah I mean because you know people get stuck with how they should frame up some of these things and it's different for every category obviously so you know your business might have its own twist uh, you know for anybody listening here where you were working with the relationship between so you got to know your audience you got to know the disconnects and kind of frame something up that would be helpful and valuable and you know you make a high value content Offer And that's basically what you had there. And it was helpful for people and you earn their trust and those types of things. So I think it's super powerful and smart. Um, and so, you know, you got over into the consulting gig and are you still part of the e-commerce shops to, or did you totally detach from that now?
1: we wrapped up probably about eight months ago and it was just one of those things that I always kind of knew I'd either continue really, really loving it or as my children got older I would probably just start to disconnect and that's what happened is the consulting business came in, it was super exciting, something new, Uh, my children were over and so it seemed the best strategic um, avenue for me was to wrap up Finley and Me so that I wasn't having that headspace and kind of dragging around in something that I wasn't really enthusiastic about
0: and focus on consulting. Got it. Got it. So how did you get your first consulting gig? What did that look like?
1: So that looked like for me was really about just putting my offer out on the world of Facebook and obviously also, excuse me, networking. <laughs> excuse me. And so when I started a network here in Brisbane, I had an enormous amount of people that I was getting introduced to. And again, it was just like, hey, can I hop on a call and start to learn what your struggles are, what your goals are? And then started having these conversations. I didn't even offer anything at the beginning. It was just really about me giving value back. And once I started to find out what was working, what was ticking, what were people's pain points, I then came up with an offer. And at that stage, I would get them on for a 30-minute call. And through there, at the end of that call, I would just talk to them about what I had on offer. And at that stage, I was offering just one-to-one services and i got a, a few people on board and then that kind of infiltrated i got a few more people on board um and eventually as many of you listeners might know is you become tapped out in the one-to-one capacity so i then opened up my 12-month group coaching program so that i could go to one to many model um and that's currently the, those are my two main things that i offer plus of my women in business retreat right now so that's how it all started was just serving Connecting, testing, learning about their pain points and then coming up with a one to one offer, which then led into a one to many offer.
0: Yeah. And and I want, you know, people who are listening to understand that, you know, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm gonna start this consulting gig and it's gonna take off, you know, because I put, put my <laughs> put an ad out there or let people know what's going on and they're just gonna get you're just gonna get clients. Um, this is something that has been in development, you know, for you. I always think of the iceberg, like people see the tip of the iceberg, but they don't see what's below and it's the time and energy that built up your credibility with the work that you did in the e-commerce space and everything else in your life that kind of worked its way up to make this happen for you in the consulting gig and it seems like you learned as you went like you were kind of pivoting and saying oh now I can do this and you kind of took opportunities as they presented uh, themselves to you and they were relevant at the time but it doesn't happen overnight right
1: Oh, gosh, it definitely does not happen overnight. And it's something that I really appreciate you bringing up because I think there's this um, assumption that everything just happens. And kind of like, well, if everything just happened, we would all be millionaires. It wouldn't <laughs> be hard, right? Like the struggle is real that we have to go through. And for me, if I kind of rewind, the question that you had said was around how did I start to offer things? But even if I rewind a little bit, what happened was as I looked at my diary and I had about like 16 coffee dates is what had happened. People kept wanting to pick my brain. And then I was like driving home and I was like, you know... I don't even drink coffee. (laughs) I'm having to buy my own Diet Coke. I'm, uh, you know, I was like, this kind of sucks. And then I was like, I'm driving 30 minutes there and 30 minutes back. And anyone who knows, knows a big giver. Like again, today I spent eight hours volunteering to work with eight businesses to help them out with the state government. Like I'm really big about giving back to community. But I was like, hold on a minute. Like if each of these coffee dates and I don't even drink coffee took me 16 hours. And I was like, hold on a minute. If I would have even charged a small fee for them to pick my brain, I was like, I have a secondary business and that's how it all came about was that it's just all of a sudden I was like driving home one day and I was like, hold on, I should try and test and start charging for this. Would people actually then buy it if I started to put a dollar figure attached to it or would they try and kind of use me for my expertise? And that's when, again, I started to put that out there and people were like, yeah, absolutely. You've got all this wealth of knowledge. We're happy to pay you. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, if I rewind a little bit, that's where it came from was from really all the coffee dates. And I just had, well, let's test this. Let's make it a little bit more strategic and, you know, really see if this is viable.
0: Yeah, I mean, and and that's the cue. You know, you start getting all these requests for your time. People are asking you questions. And I always tell people, like, what does someone ever come to you and ask for help with? I mean, it's kind of a clue of what people see you as knowledgeable about, obviously, and here you are having your brain picked and that's 16 coffee dates (laughs) in your diary. So it's like, you know, you can either look at that and see the opportunity. And some people might just be like, Oh, I'm not doing this anymore. It's a waste of time. And they don't actually capitalize on it. But you know, if you could see that opportunity and then reframe it up because you know what, your time is probably the most, well, I won't even say probably it is the most valuable commodity that you have in life. It's the only thing you can't get more of it. Right. (laughs) It's like, you know, how do you totally value 100%. yourself i mean and and people devalue themselves they don't put value against you know their knowledge and time and they very well should i mean we live in an economic system you need money money gives you options it gives you control over your life so there's nothing wrong with capitalizing on that
1: And I also think one of the things I do talk about is being is people understanding their worth. And when people come to me, either for my group coaching, or my one to one is I've got no problem charging what I charge because you're not just getting me for two hours a month, plus like unlimited email access in our VIP groups, et cetera, you like I spend about $40,000 a year traveling around the world learning from some of the best entrepreneurs so that I've got that skill set to then pass on to my clients. I then spend endless hours going to local networking events, going on podcasts, and that's the mastermind, right? Like, uh, this is how then, so if I make those connections, that means there's opportunity for my coaching clients. And so people, it's, I think it's really important that you're not just paying for the coaching, you're paying for connections, you're paying for their ongoing training and learnings because not everyone is able to travel the world to, to learn from these people. Uh, they might, I wasn't in the position at the beginning, but now I make it a priority. So again it's it's you know when you're looking for a coach or you're looking for that mentor and they do put a price figure on it just like web developers do or designers do they didn't just get that skill overnight that took hours and hours of practice and that's why people charge or start to charge and know their worth because of what they have to assess and what's gone into that expertise and that skill set
0: yeah I love that and I <laughs> it's so true and I think a lot of people who are looking for coaching misunderstand like what's really beneath the surface of what they're paying for. Um, There was a funny analogy and I'm going to totally butcher it, but I'll get the essence of it across here. Uh, (laughs) Let's just say there was this big piece of machinery and it wasn't, it wasn't performing properly after all these years of being perfect and they couldn't figure out what was going on, what was going on. And they found this guy who has all this experience in the, in fixing these things. So he comes over there and he's been doing this for, let's say 20 years. And he comes over there and he's like, oh, and he takes a wrench and he taps. It in like one spot and it took him less than like 30 seconds and the guy's like here's your bill for $10,000 he's like what are you talking about (laughs) $10,000 and he's like all you did is is hit it with the wrench and it took you 30 seconds he's like yeah maybe all I did he goes it was a $2 for the wrench and hitting it and it was the rest of the money the $9,998 was for knowing where to hit it
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it's so true right and he had to learn that skill he had to figure out what you know what does that sound and what does that make and why does it happen yes. he knew exactly what to do but it's 100 true that you're paying for years and years of teaching and i know that some person said in this group i was in they're like well why should we why should you charge more than what say a lawyer charges for example you don't have a formal education i said well hold on a minute if i'm spending forty thousand dollars a year to do i mean be in masterminds and go around the world and learn from the best it might not be a piece of paper from harvard university But the knowledge that is there is just as equivalent to sitting in a classroom environment. I still have to sit through, say, an eight-hour conference. When I did Caitlin Batcher's course and we did the summit, it was two days ver- ver, you know, sitting there. It was my plane tickets from Australia to America. It was all of those things, right? Yeah. Um, and people, just because it's not a degree on paper doesn't mean that it's any less important than the degree from a university.
0: Absolutely not. No, I'm, I'm one of these people that combats you know, college and schooling and all these things. And it's evolving. It's changing over the years of what's actually, um, you know, the best experience and people are going to pay for experience over classroom education. I mean, I would say what 60, 70% of the teachers who are teaching, let's say key topics like entrepreneurship in college, they've never even owned a business, (laughs) you know, they haven't. And that's, (laughs)
1: And yeah. a lot of universities here in Australia are now reaching out. Like I was asked by the university of um, South Australia, which is in Ad, um, in the city of Adelaide uh, down South here in Australia to come and work with some of their entrepreneur students around, you know, what is ideal client thing? What does it look like? What is messaging, brand voice, you know, <laughs> um, funnels, emails, etc. And I was like for a university to reach out, I think that's really that growth mindset that they're looking to capitalize on it because they, they know that they're not the experts in that when it comes to that field.
0: No, no. And they're not. They're not. And school is, you know, traditionally to teach you how to get a job and do certain things a certain way. And it it frames up a mindset that is very opposite of what an entrepreneur's mindset is. It's, It's very, very different. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Total. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah, it's a one eighty, and that's been a hard thing for me because I I worked in corporate for uh, you know fifteen years or so, and tend to start my own businesses and do things on the uh, from you know grassroots starting point, it, it's a whole other way of thinking about not just business, but thinking about money and like hard work and what that means and all that kind of stuff. It's just I don't know. You have these like blueprints in your brain from years of just you know being. told what to believe. And that stuff's great for a job, but it just does not work for entrepreneurship.
1: No, because I mean, in entrepreneurship, we are testing every single day, we are testing what's working on an ad, we're testing what a product resonates with our audience, we're testing what email subject headers work better. Like it's an ongoing investigation, entrepreneurship, and just when you think you've got something worked out, the algorithms will change or the market or the dollar will change or whatever,
0: like it's a constant... You can't learn that in a book. You have to be adaptable at all times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I just, you know, as we get a little bit closer to the end of the, the, our talk here, I want to make sure we touch on your retreats because they sound pretty cool. And I'd like to learn a little bit more about what you're doing there and, and why did you decide to do these retreats and what is in it for the people that attend when they do that?
1: Yeah, sure. So I initially did a mastermind with Chris Ducker over in the Philippines three years ago. And the way Chris had his, uh, you know, seven day retreat laid out, I thought it was super interesting. He flew in amazing speakers from around the world, you know, Peter Shankman, he had Jada Seldner there, like, just to name a few. And what happened, Lou Like so many amazing people were there. And what I noticed there is, is that it was an intimate group of 50 really solid, like minded, enthusiastic growth mindset individuals. And there was no um, division between speaker and attendee. The speakers were in the pool with us, having mojitos, playing, you know, beach volleyball. Uh, just, and it was just this really great dynamic. And I thought one day I'd really like to test that. And then as I started to grow the consulting business over the last couple of years, what I realized was there's not a lot of conferences in Australia. There really isn't. Like that's hence why I pay as much money as I do to go overseas because we just, there's a few great entrepreneurs. I mean, there's lots of great entrepreneurs, let's get that straight, but there's not a lot that are leading the way from a conference perspective and I didn't want to go big I'm really big about human to human marketing and really high touch point maybe uh, you know being able to walk down the street and give some a hug give them a handshake and know who they are so I wasn't looking at creating a conference that had 200 people 500 people or a thousand that just wasn't it so I wanted to create an intimate retreat with 50 people um, my target market is women in business. And so I created it around a four day, three night women in business retreat. Uh, and then I also, the, my ideal client is mothers. And a lot of moms haven't even been away from their kids. And so I wanted to give them the, the experience that when they come, you know, their breakfast is cooked, their morning and afternoon teas are cooked, their dinners are cooked, their nighttime meals are cooked. Uh, like everything is absolutely done for them because it's not just about learning when you're there, it's about the connections that you make, both short and long term but it's equally about giving those entrepreneurs and specifically those moms too, who don't get a lot of sleep and rest to be able to have self care and equally to be able to work on their business for four days versus working in their business yeah. as, as so many entrepreneurs just do, especially in those startup phases. Um, and it's high touch points. So I've got, uh, two different creative sessions. Cause I also think people, even though we're super creative as entrepreneurs, naturally, like we stop doing arts and crafts at a particular age. We stop be- just allowing ourselves just to have a creative, energy and flow. Yeah. So I've got two high creative sessions that happen there. I also rent a boat on one of the nights and we've got this, you know, theme party that we have. Uh, and then obviously there's downtime and then there's time with the speakers. And then we also break into mini masterminds so that everyone has an opportunity to work on a specific um, one to two problems over the, uh, the couple of, th- over the days to get insight and help from those experts, but equally their peers to be able to help move them forward. And then the last day is all about mindset and them for the next 12 months and equally allowing them to plan out the next 12 months which a lot of businesses this you know I don't have time to do that they're, they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants so that's why I really wanted the four days and three nights so that we could make it a really immersion type experience and experience that again just didn't focus on learning but allowing the
0: self-care and creativeness yeah. and all those fun things to to flow I love it. That sounds really cool. I mean, it makes me start thinking like one of my favorite places is Costa Rica. And my wife and I go there all the time. And I'm just like, man, I would love to like rent out just an amazing spot like near the beach and just do these like incredible masterminds where everyone's got their defense down. And like, we're just in a really good environment. And you can just kind of kind of really have those epiphanies, you know, it sets up that 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 setting. It
1: does. And you should see like some of the aha moments, like it's funny, one of the touch points that I do is I've actually not, it was yesterday, actually, here in Australia, I rang all 50 attendees that are coming. So I spent two hours literally picking up the phone and calling every single person. Now, not everyone p- picked up the phone, because God forbid, you get on the phone and speak to people if you don't recognize the number that's coming up. But I had some really great conversations with those attendees that I did get through. And one of the things that came through is, I can't wait to learn from the speakers. And I said to them, I said, you might want to be surprised because the majority of aha moments probably won't come from the speakers. And they well what do you mean you guys are the experts and i said trust the process allow it to happen because what happens is is when you're able to let your guard down and do those experiences creativity just kind of happens and people get to just be in the moment and be present and all moments aren't what they expect that they're going to be um so i would say if you did something in costa rica something similar would happen like when we were at chris ducker's event it was when we were in the pool drinking mojitas and playing beach volleyball right is when the moments. You're like, oh, yeah, I could do that. And then you're like, okay, yep, great. And then you just carry it on. It was really quite magical
0: when those moments would come. Yeah, I love that. You know, and, and, and people talk about like shower thinking and stuff like that. It's it's the moments, you know, where you're just walking and or in activity, and you're not thinking about the situation where these epiphanies will most likely happen. I And I love your pool moment. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, let me know. Because if you do a Costa Rica, because I'm all always about connecting with new people so if you do do that keep me posted i'm looking at actually doing a mastermind over in columbia next year with i can never say his name correctly Ron ron reich i think it is r-i-e-c-h yeah, yeah. um yes looking at the Columbia one next year so you do three
0: one I've ever been so you know I could be your first person signing up awesome yeah well definitely I mean I think when we get in the right place at the right time uh, we're going to do stuff like that Um, hopefully in like 2021 most likely would be a good a good year for that so we'll definitely keep you in mind as we get to those steps and um we'll close out this. I got my, my new closing question. I want to ask that I've been asking people like Blake McCoskey and Nasreen and stuff like that. Um, and this is just a chance to really say like, you've had all this experience, you're pursuing things you want to pursue. And so if there was one, if you had the world's ear right now, right. And you were able to tell them a very important message, what would that one message be that you would want to share with people?
1: Sure. My message would be is eight people take their lives every single day here in Australia. It's almost 3,000 people every single year that die in Australia due to suicide. And for me, the message that I would want to get across to people whether or not it's you, a family member, a friend, or et cetera, is if you broke your leg, you'd go to the hospital. If you had a heart attack, you would go to the hospital. If you broke your arm, you would go to the hospital. If you needed glasses, you would go to the eye doctor and get the glasses. If you are feeling down or anxious or suicidal or any of that, Go to the doctor and get the help that you need because that help is just as much there as it is for those that need the heart, you know, heart surgeons or the eye doctors, etc. And that uh, there are people ready to help you. It might not feel like it. Uh, If you're a friend and you don't know what to do, you could suggest taking them to the doctor, going with them. Uh, Here in Australia, we have a thing called a mental health care plan where you can get 10 psychology sessions for free Uh, if you go to your uh, regular family doctor and get your mental health care plan. uh, There are different avenues that are available and. any country to be able to help you with your mental health, because eight people every single day, which is much higher in the United States and Canada, just because your population is so
0: much bigger. But eight people every day is eight people too many. Amazing, yeah, that is a staggering number. And it's a whole other interview to talk about why they feel that way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Listen, thanks a lot, Angela. appreciate everything you're doing and sharing your insights around the retreats, the the consulting and the e-commerce really great stuff. Keep up the good work. Um, Appreciate your time. No worries. Have an awesome day, Adam. You too. Bye-bye.